Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. So today, the three of us are going to be chatting about the CCR we've been reading recently just for fun. So I am looking forward to this. This is rapidly becoming one of my favorite podcast episodes <laughs> because I love finding out what other people are reading. Um, I get the best book ideas to read. My TBR grows every time. Because, so, because there's nothing on your Right, TBR yeah, that, that's the downside. But um, still, <laughs> it's still fantastic. So um, who wants to go first? Narelle, you can go first. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so I've been, so I also do rereading as well. Yeah. So I've recently reread A Girl's Guide to the Outback by Jessica mm -hmm. Kate. So if you listen to us on the podcast and dig back prior to November 2020, I think, you will find um, earlier episodes when this podcast was called story nerds and jessica kate was one of the podcast presenters so there's a whole lot of information on this book if you go back into the archives but um this is a rom-com set in australia mm -hmm. and it's such a fun story it is laugh out loud hilarious so samuel um is an aussie guy so who, you can't lose if an aussie hero in my opinion but i am <laughs> slightly biased and he's a youth pastor in virginia and he works with this lady called Kimberly, and she's the business-minded person there. And she's got all these plans to expand his youth ministry into other cities, including Baltimore. And he's just like, this is not what I want to do. Um, he feels there's a lot of pressure on him that comes with all that type of expansion. And then his sister rings in because there's a drama happening back in the farm in Australia. So Instead of staying in the US to deal with um, these expansion plans, he jumps on a plane and goes back home to the outback, a dairy farm in Queensland. And it all transpires that Kimberly tries to replace him in the ministry and they can't find a suitable person to fill his shoes. So she ends up going to the outback to convince Samuel to basically come back to the US and go back to his old job. So she's there to woo him home. And um, Dairy farms, um, Jess grew up on dairy farms, so she really knows her setting with this. And so if you want to know about a working dairy farm and all the things that can go hilariously wrong, <laughs> and this is a really good book to read, and particularly there's a scene at a dam where you really shouldn't let someone who doesn't know how to drive a tractor anywhere near a dam. That's about all I'll say. Oh, no. <laughs> because it doesn't end well. But no. it's just a really funny story. And it also has a... A lovely subplot romance between Jules and um, Mick. So Jules is really what we would call in Australia the little Aussie battler. So she's tough. She works really hard. She doesn't give up. She's a dog at a bone in terms of trying to keep this dairy farm afloat. And she has, I think it was a broken leg. She's got a cast on her leg and she's still out there working. Like she drives a tractor using her hand to change gears or a bike like yeah, nothing's going to stop this girl from getting out there and getting the work the work that needs to be done and so her um, romance with Mick who is living on the Goldie which is what the locals refer to as the Gold Coast um, but this book is good though because it does actually give you this the interpretation of the Aussie slang that's in it so you're not going to need to keep pulling up Google to work out what you're doing <laughs> 
and um they have a really fun he fun subplot he lives on the coast and she's inland and they were childhood sweethearts and for a whole lot of reasons things didn't work so you get the double romance which is always a winner for me and it was great to see the enemies to love trope which is what we start with with Samuel and Kimberly to becoming friends to more and then moving towards uh, relationship actually happening but it's a super fun ride and the only thing I will say is that you have if you have any emotional attachments to chooks now if I say chooks do you know what I'm talking about no. I'm talking about chickens so I'm talking about barnyard I, say, I think I remember this right. <laughs> yes so if you and I mean I've actually last plus just in recent weeks I've been feeding we have friends that have chooks that are in our neighborhood and so we've been over feeding the chooks and talking to the chooks so um that wasn't a good idea to reread this book when I was doing that because if you have emotional attachments to chooks then there might be one particular scene that you need to brace yourself for as well in the book so I'll put that little warning in there but otherwise <laughs> it's a really fun story and if you want to have a lovely escape to Outback Australia with fun characters um, then Jess's book is definitely the go. Do I remember correctly reading and you might not know but I feel like I read an interview with Jessica Kate when this book came out that parts or a large part of some of it was sort of her parents story is yeah. that correct like her mom was from the city and went to the Outback where her father had a dairy farm um yes. and so some of the funny stories were were true happenings if I yes. recall reading okay yeah. yeah there was basis of fact that was used um That's for fun. some of the stories but yeah but it's a great read it's actually my favorite Jessica Kate book I haven't read this one I've read the um the red cover one which the title just totally escaped love and other mistakes that's the one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I've read that I one same and enjoyed it the one but not the other as well yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Valerie, what's your first? Um, my first one is Honestly by Hope Connor. I found this to be a very unique book. Have you read it, Narelle? I see you nodding there. No, but I've heard of it. I'm thinking that it sounds familiar, but I don't know why. The, um, <laughs> the heroine is a woman named Lena, and she's a flight attendant. Uh, and she was so excited to see the world, they said. And all because she speaks Arabic, she's like always on the Houston to Dubai run. And she never has time to even see the United Arab Emirates, let alone anywhere else. So she's a little not happy about that part. Bitter. The word is bitter. Um, <laughs> so um, as the as the story opens she is on a flight to Dubai and there is this guy who refuses to get off his phone and she basically threatens him that he can either stop talking on his phone or he may leave the aircraft now and he looks out the window and it's the Persian Gulf <laughs> he's like <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so you know she's a little feisty and um and um yeah, she, she takes the rules seriously. Now, she doesn't know who this guy is, um, but she runs into him in the airport in Dubai again, like a week or two later, and she's like, you know, you. And he's, anyways, they're caught on camera. He is a very famous um, country music star, and she doesn't listen to country music, so how would she know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're caught on camera. And so all of a sudden his record sales, I guess probably not record sales, but music sales go way up and 
and his publicist is like, who's that woman? Get her. Like, let, you know, let's do a fake relationship. Let's, let's do it. You know, like you need, you need her because like we doubled sales this week or something. And he's like, no, no, no. Um, but then she can't like even fly without everybody mobbing her because she was seen with this guy and her airline gives her a leave of absence and she's like fine now what do I do so she goes to the publicist and says fine let's do this thing so this is how she gets to be um, in a fake relationship which <laughs> turns out very quickly to be a fake marriage because because of the Arabic part of things and this things you just really can't do yeah. in Dubai mm. anyways she discovers very quickly that there's a reason he is flying to Dubai and that is he get, goes there and then he disappears and she's like what is going on well he was raised out in the desert in the with the Bedouins his parents are undercover missionaries and his father has cancer so he is going out to visit his parents and he just like completely vanishes he gets you know wears the Bedouin garb and and just you know a casual guy walks into an airport bathroom and a Bedouin comes out and nobody notices these things. So um, I found it really interesting with the cross-cultural stuff. It's very specifically Christian um, in that um, Lena also is a believer and her mom was raised in the United Arab Emirates and her was disowned by her father who Lena's grandfather, who eventually became a believer and joined them in Texas. Anyways, the, the whole thing, it was, it was a, so different from anything else that I've read, and yet a really decent, strongly written romance that I would, in fact, highly recommend it. Excellent. Sounds great. And that's why I've noticed wow. it. Now you've talked about the international setting. That would have caught my eye. That's mm -hmm. why it's sounding familiar to me. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it takes place in... Texas, but quite a lot of it takes place in the United Arab Emirates as well. Cool. And quite a bit of Sounds it takes good. place on the plane going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a long plane ride, so there's plenty of time. Yeah. It's almost as there's almost a subgenre of airplane books. We could almost do an yeah. episode on airplane and airport books and not run out of stories. <laughs> I think I'd run out real quick. I'd yeah, have to think I, about that. I, I can think so. of a few. I can like, think of a few off the top I, of my head. The only one I'm thinking of is the one Narell mentions uh, by Amy Matteo, which is on my list to read, right. the, the stranded in the airport one. That, that you're going to um, have to remind us to read when it's closer to Christmas. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. Cool. That sounds fun. That's definitely, so far, see, I have two new books to add to, <laughs> to my library file. Um, my first one is... Um, Bookshop by the Sea by Denise Hunter. Um, oh, that's on my list. <laughs> I think <laughs> I have. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, this might be the first Denise Hunter book that I've read. Um, maybe the really? second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've read almost all of hers. Not okay. quite. I think I'm missing a couple I here and there. I think actually I've read one other one. Um, anyway, I yeah. really loved this one. It was delightful. Um, I loved Sophie. Um, Sophie's the main character and she has been, um, basically she takes care of everyone. 
uh, at great expense to herself. Um, she will drop everything important to her to help her family and her friends. Um, Literally everything. Truly everything. Like it doesn't matter how inconvenient the word no just is not in her vocabulary at all. To the point, um, like it's it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, part of the part of the story, you're getting to the, you're just like, mm, no is a word. <laughs> you need to learn this word. Uh, very, very well portrayed. And you can see why. Like she just desperately wants to help. Um, and she feels responsible for her younger siblings. Um, and, um, and they just take her for granted. And that's the worst part to, to watch as you're reading is because, you know, here she is this sacrificing angel and the people that she gives everything for just assume that they are owed it. And that, of well, of course, Sophie's going to take care of it because that's just, that's what Sophie does. Um, it's like, it doesn't even occur to them but they love her. It, yeah. It's not. It's not that they're being mean no. from their point of view at all. No. It's just that she has no boundaries at mm -hmm. all, like none. Which yeah. thankfully becomes the driving issue in the book. Yeah. So yeah. are they entitled? Like, is it the younger generation entitlement they're thing just, that I complain about? <laughs> no, they're just they're just clueless, and they're so. It's so ingrained that Sophie will fix everything that they don't, they don't think through, you know, and they don't even, it doesn't occur to them that, oh, hey, I goofed this up. I'll call Sophie, you know, because that's just their ingrained behavior. It's not, they're not mean spirited or entitled at all. It's just that she is always there picking the stuff up. And so it's a habit for them. Um, all of them. All of them. Yeah. It's one of those cases where, um, and I've seen this in the last couple of Denise Hunter books that I read as well, where the, um, where a parent dies mm -hmm. and then you've got the older sibling who's like smothering the younger ones. Yeah. Whether it's because the parent said, you know, was the dying words or whether it's some other reasoning, but it's that overwhelming need to take care of yeah. their siblings or, and slash protect I, I really do yeah. believe Sophie is driven she feels that she needs to protect them um to a large degree so um but worse worse than anything else is here comes Aiden back into her life it's her sister's wedding which of course Sophie has planned and arranged and done everything and her sister has done nothing um and She's marrying the friend of Sophie's high school boyfriend who dumped her the same day her father walked out of their family. Um, but she didn't tell him that her father had left. Um, he just came and dumped her on the porch and it was kind of like, now what were you going to say? And she's like, never mind, it's nothing kind of thing. So here comes Aiden back into her life. Um, and she's like, no, it's fine. You know, of course I'm over him. She's, you know, she's not over him, but. Um, and not. It wouldn't be a story not. if she was. No, right. <laughs> she um, wouldn't have time to be over him anyway if she's caring right. for the younger siblings. Like she wouldn't have a life. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and her, she's finally getting to the point where she's now able to do something for herself. She's going to set up this bookshop in this beach town that's nearby. She's staying at um, her sister's new husband's family's home, beach home, beach home. 
right. while she's setting up. There's a, a apartment over the bookshop where she's going to live, but she has to get it all set up and cleaned up and stuff before she can move in there. And um, so she's finally on the cusp of being able to do something for herself. And um, in walks Aiden to this wedding and also a hurricane. So, and things just get progressively worse from there. Um, but it's, it's fantastic. It really was hard to put down when there were things that needed to be done around the house. Um, so <laughs> I recommend reading it when you have long stretches of time, because I really resented like making dinner. <laughs> I, really, I was reading this. A lot of uh, Denise Hunter's books are in series, and this one is touted as a standalone, although I mean, you could see that her brother could get a story someday down the road. Mm -hmm. But um, So it, it's a good place to start if you um, are new to her books, because you're not immediately kind of forced into, you know, a three book series. Yeah. I have a Denise Hunter book in the mail because if her publisher's listening, they never put these books on sale in Australia. I see them in the emails for deals and they're never available at a price um, for the ebook. So if I want to read her books now because they're not in the libraries anymore, I have to buy full price print. So it's a luxury item. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would yeah. be for sure. Um, but if I could read more of her books, I would. I was very well, pleased. Maybe we should get her on the podcast sometime. Yeah. And, uh, That's an idea. Know, yeah. See if we could get some reader copies. Yes. That we'll would be outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Who publishes her? Thomas, <laughs> Nelson. Ten, Thomas Nelson. Thomas yeah. Nelson, if you're listening to our tiny little podcast. <laughs> Put your books on sale in Australia, please. <laughs> Don't tease me with all these deals I see on everywhere else that are not available here. And or I know it's a territory rights thing. I know it's a territory's rights thing, and there's a reason behind why it's it's yeah. different in the states to here. But it's it's always disappointing when you see a book you'd love to read and you For see sure. it at a price it's on sale, and then it's never available. Yeah, yeah. I bet Canada has Canada has that problem too. Valerie's nodding. She's like, oh yeah, I yeah. got it. <laughs> I hear you. What's your second book, Narelle? My second one is um, Pieces of Forever by Valerie M. Bodden. And this is the first book in her River Falls series, but it's actually not technically a first book in the series because it draws on a lot of the characters from the Hope Springs series. So it's kind of, it's, it's a kind of a continuation. And if you've read some of the Hope Springs books, you'll be very happy to see characters coming back in. And so you've heard Val and Beth at different times talk about her books. So I thought I need to talk about one of these books and read it. <laughs> so the setup for this one's really interesting. So eight years ago when Ava was at high school, she was in this awful accident that meant that she was severely burned. And that's just on her body as well as her face. And she had been planning to go to New York City and to have a modelling career. So, of course, having these awful burns completely blew that out the window. But it also had a massive impact on her life. And she, her high school boyfriend, boyfriend um, Joseph, she broke up with him. She didn't give him a chance to do anything to help her or support her. She just completely shut down and shut him out and has been effectively living as a semi-hermit. So this story is set in Tennessee in the mountains and she lives out of town with her aunt, very close to the woods. 
And if she's going to go hiking, she goes hiking with her dog in the woods and she avoids people. So um, she's a very broken character at the beginning of the book, but it's also very understandable why. And she's just so self-conscious and has these awful, awful panic attacks when she's around people. So, yeah, so yes, my heart sort of broke for her when I first started reading it. And so the story set up and we fast forward eight years and Joseph has gone and done his dream. He wanted to be a vet or a veterinarian so people don't think I'm talking about the military (laughs) my terminology right so um and he's done his studies and he's come back to River Falls and he's basically bought the local um veterinarian practice from the person who used to own it so he's arrived back in town and he discovers that she has a dog griffin because he's going through all this paper notes that needs to get, get into a computerized system and in the meantime Ava's done her usual hiking in the woods with her her dog Griffin and the the worst thing that could ever happen in the woods as far as I'm concerned is a bear Mm -hmm. and then the next worst thing is it attacks a person or a animal and this bear attacks his dog so I'm just like petrified I know but the dog survived so it's all good good. okay good (laughs) but a bear attack is just terrifying for this Aussie like it's just like, yeah. But anyway, so she ends up having to take, of course, her dog to the veterinarian clinic, not realizing Joseph's taken over because Ooh. he has to save her dog, etc. So it was a really unique meet cute from yeah. that sense as well. And so everything sort of goes from there. And he has a dog, Tasha, who's just adorable. And of course, Tasha and Griffin love each other straight away, which should have been a clue right. to her <laughs> as to where things were going. And so it's a really um, lovely romance as she really needs to sort of... Um, turn to God and to really understand that her identity and her self-esteem is in Christ. It's not in her physical appearance. And um, Joseph has always thought she's beautiful, but she has so much trouble believing that because she's physically scarred that he could possibly see beyond that. So had a very powerful message Hmm. from that perspective as well. And um, yeah, so she's also a photographer. So she has like a studio and that's become her job rather than modeling. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I thought there was a lot of depth and a lot of really relevant um, Christian content without being preachy. That sounds fantastic. I'll need to, now we're three for three. <laughs> there <laughs> is a lot of, go ahead. Do you not have bears in Australia? Are there not bears? I mean, you have koalas, but that doesn't no. really count. We don't have, well, we have, uh, I think um, if we were out in the bush, it'd be, if you're up north, it's crocodiles and we have some enormous crocodiles and there's places up in the north where you would never swim in a watering hole or at the beach and even crocodiles can cause grief there and probably wild pigs would be the next thing that you want to have a rifle with you and if you come across a wild pig, Um, yeah, but we don't have bears. You guys can keep your snakes and your crocodiles. Yes. I will keep my bears. Yeah, I would rather have a bear than like half yeah. the snakes that are in Australia. Like Australia, between the snakes <laughs> and the spiders, it's like, are you able to just walk down the street without a deadly encounter? <laughs> the thing is with snakes is that snakes, if you know a snake is there, like, I, okay, so context. I used to live across the road from bush from the when I was a kid and we'd go playing tip and chasings and all those types of games and I'd be there in bare feet and so we'd be running through the bush on a dirt track and there'd be a snake so you just jump it no, no. <laughs> no. 
no, I mean, we, we, grew, we grew up with snakes like around all the time. So, I mean, a snake yes. is just something you don't provoke. You avoid. I asked about bears. I asked about bears, not snakes. <laughs> I will take a snake or a spider over a bear any day because bears are so foreign and they're big and they're terrifying. But I don't, I would never want a crocodile. So I agree no. with you on the crocodiles. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, crocodiles we can, are terrifying. We can agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Um, did you want to comment on that book, Valerie? Had you read Pieces of Forever? I have not read it. And I've read all of Valerie Bodden's previous series. And I have not started her new series. And I don't know why. <laughs> you maybe need to start it. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe... It sounds really superficial to say maybe I want don't want the burn victim. Maybe that's what made me just I, I've bought it. I just haven't read it. So maybe it's just that I haven't got to it yet. But it's been on my yeah. Kindle quite a while. Carrie Taransky has a book with a um, severely burned woman who I think also was going to be a model, um, and that was. Um, I can't come up with the title of it, but it, it's also fantastic. It's older. It's, it's a lot older. It's probably eight years old at, um, the small, but, um, it's worth finding, look up Carrie Taransky and then look for the big, look for the title that says something about, I feel like it's like sheltered hearts or something. Um, but that could be completely not, but anyway, mm. um, it's fantastic as well. This sounds really interesting. I burn like I don't know. I feel like those outward scars are so good sometimes because they hide the internal scars for the characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Others are really mean. <laughs> the way that I came across yeah. like... but I'll, I'll tease Valerie. So um, Grace and Zeb and all the other characters that you'd know from Hope Springs are in this one. And Grace reveals a secret that you'd be very interested in knowing in this book as well. So I'm going to tease you into reading it. (laughs) Next month, Valerie will say, well, my book is Pieces of Forever. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, Valerie, what's your next book? I have to say, though, that I read way more than three books in the last four weeks. That's good. So (laughs) I'm, I'm not talking about every single book that I have read. Um, um, the second book that I have read fairly recently is called The Loophole in Lilies by Emily Dana Botrus, B-O-T-R-O-U-S. I don't know how you pronounce that, actually. Um, I'm not quite sure how I came across this book, but I have um, bought a second book in the series already that I haven't started reading oh. yet, so I did really enjoy it. Uh, it's the story of Kendra. Now, we, we talked a bit ago about uh, a bookshop by the sea by Jimmy Center and Sophie having this um, compelling need <laughs> to help other people. Well, Kendra is a bit like that as well. It's funny how sometimes the books that you pick have recurring themes in them. Anyways, it, for her, it's not um, so much her family as her church. And she just feels like it's coming up towards Easter. So I did not find this one before Easter. So I could put it in the, in the, uh, our Easter type books. But um, they are just like asking her to, to help out with the youth 
programming for Easter and oh, there's the egg hunt for the town and then there's the this and she just keeps going, ah. And then yes comes out of her mouth. She's like, <laughs> no, but she can't say the word no. She just seems incapable. And she got a dog by not being able to say no because um, her great aunt died and left to the dog or something. Now she needs a new apartment. So she moves because now she's a dog. And she moves in across the uh, hallway from a guy from her church, um, a male nurse who she has found kind of interesting in the past, but she's not relationship material. She knows that. So she's just going to fix him up with somebody else. And I mean, he doesn't want to be fixed up with anybody else or anyone at all. And <laughs> he is, um, he's struggling with some health issues and he doesn't, he doesn't want to admit it to anyone, but he winds up on medical leave while he goes to appointments and stuff. And he just says, well, he's just taking some time off because he's been tired lately or, you know, this kind of thing. So, um, so she's busy trying to set him up and he's busy like standing up the people that she sets him up with because he fell asleep and couldn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> forgot to go or whatever anyways he really doesn't want to go but um so this he has so many trials of his own that he just doesn't want to share with anybody and she is keeping stuff back because that she doesn't want to talk about why she's unworthy to have a relationship um very strong spiritual threads in this story i think um, you would enjoy it for that reason we know why he's resistant and it takes us a while to figure out why she is so resistant uh, but she just like bulldozes over him all the time yes you do want to date this person she's, she's wonderful of course you do and he's just like uh, no i don't <laughs> she's already gone she's already set it up you know and you just kind of want to take her and you know smack her around a little bit uh but she means well and and you can see some hurting you know in her background and stuff so um I would recommend it with a little caveat. If you are sensitive to um, stories about adoption or infertility or um, severe health stuff, you might want to give it a pass, or you might want to go in with your with your eyes open on it. I mean, I'll say you know it's a case of all's well that ends well, <laughs> but uh, not everyone might. Uh, view it quite the same way but I thought the writing was strong and the characters definitely had my attention and I was rooting for them cool so. excellent all right so for my second one I'm gonna do um driving force and it's romantic suspense so I'm bending the rules a little bit um but it is by Lynette Eason and Kate Angelo it is a continuation of Lynette Eason's um Elite Guardian series which I really loved the three book trilogy that she did of those their uh girl bodyguards okay which is I think fun to have female yeah. bodyguards um and so this is now um she's doing with new authors, she's sort of, I guess, like licensed the series kind of thing. And she's working with the authors. So it's, you know, okay. still very, they're all part. You see um, Lynette's characters, they're working for the same elite guardians. And um, Kate Angelo, I think, wrote it, you know, Lynette's name is on the cover, but I believe Kate is the actual author um, 
is how I think I remember that it came out, which doesn't matter at all. It's, it's, it's very good. Um, okay. It's not super suspensey, um, which I actually liked. Um, it is much more a romance uh, with a few suspenseful moments to it, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, a, a suspense where they happen to also fall in love, where, which is how romantic suspense can be. Yeah, um, sure. This is much more romance than suspense I thought so it's like 70 30 70 percent romance 30 percent suspense that type of ratio rather than 50 50 I would say maybe 60 40 um the suspense is why they're together um but the the situation is not nail-biting edge of your seat um kind you know it's it's not your heart is not pounding and you're not turning the pages desperate to see if they're going to live. It's, it's, um, it's not that sort of pace. It's, it's a romantic pace. I, I thought, and yeah. I hope that that's not yeah. offensive to the, <laughs> to the author because maybe romantic suspense writers are like, Oh man, that's terrible. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and what was fun is the um, bodyguard was hired not to guard him, but to guard his retired military working dog. And so she's actually supposed to be guarding this dog because he has a special talent that is sort of like a military treasure and people are trying to steal the dog. And so she, yeah, so she's guarding the dog, but she's drawn to him. So she also wants to protect him. But so there's this, this, push pull because the mission is the dog (laughs) but her heart wants her to also protect him um and then he is um in a wheelchair because of a um previous he was exposed to a nerve agent when he was active duty military so he can walk some but it's just better for him stability wise in the wheelchair so he's fighting, you know, the, the ego and the adjustment to this is who I am now. This is my ability level. And he's very frustrated that he can't be the one, like number one, protecting her because he should be the bodyguard, not her. And then I should be able to protect my dog. There's a lot of really good, you know, interpersonal mixture in there that makes it kind of fun. Um, it was really good. I enjoyed it quite a lot. It's interesting. I guess I don't often think about the fact that just like with many things in life, it's a spectrum, not an either or with the the suspense. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, um, definitely not like nightmare material or can't go to sleep material. (laughs) You know, it was, it was, um, much, I don't want to say it was slow because it was not slow. I don't want to, it was a good book. It just was not. It's a little gentler. It was gentle. Yeah, it was gentle. That's a better way to phrase it. Thank you. And was the dog cute? Was it it the dog, a dog that you could interact with or was it a real working dog that. It was an, it was a perfect dog. Um, You could interact with it. Yes. Um, it, It was a, I believe it's a Belgian Mal. Um, I'm not going to try and say the whole word because I always say it wrong. Um, I'm going to go with Belgian Mal. <laughs> so the story's a winner because of the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but he he was yeah he was very much 
a companion as well as a working dog. Um, I, I hesitate to say a pet because he wasn't like fetching and, you know, rolling over for belly rubs, but he was curling up on the bed and, you know, um, he wasn't just in the crate until it was time to work. He was very much part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. I always worry about dogs in romantic suspense that they're going to die because yeah. people, things yeah. and people always die. And I yeah. don't like it when the dog dies. No, absolutely. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Save the dog at all costs. So um, we are now a little long. So we, unless somebody has someone, a third that they just desperately have to mention. I'm good. Should probably. My third was one that you read. So oh, my, my list just complete what I no. made them on. Worked out well then. <laughs> Let us know what you've been reading lately. Have you read any of those or um, something that you feel like we should read because it was so amazing that you want to tell us about it? We'd love to hear it. Leave us a note in the comments or on the Facebook page. And if you are watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. And um, you can find the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>